You're listening to the Fantrax Podcast Network. Fantasy Sports Entertainment lives here. Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. What is up, Ball Blast? Hi, guys. Hi, guys. We've missed you. Welcome back, Ball Blasters. Thank you so much for joining us once again. We are Ball Blast, a proud member of the Fantrax Podcast Network, and we have missed you guys. So much. So much. We appreciate your patience in the week we took off to born, not to born, to (laughs) mourn my beautiful mother who passed away. Rest in peace. I know she would not want me to be out of the game too long, though. She would obviously want me to get back to fantasy football as soon as possible. Oh, I'm pretty sure it was the only thought on her mind. Uh, yeah. I, she's she's <laughs> praying on me from heaven that I get back to work. So here we are. Uh, we're excited to get back into this. Um, quick reminder, if you have not been participating on Twitter, uh, we're doing a sweaty selfie contest in the month of June. So if you are active, doing whatever, walking the dog workout classes. We're seeing some uh, lawn mowers. Lawn mowers, tis the season. I, we want to see your hashtag sweaty selfies. Every hashtag sweaty selfie is an entry for a Fitbit, which, God, I love my Fitbit. I'm obsessed with my Fitbit. I am too. And, uh, you know, once you win that Fitbit, you can join us on the Fitbit app and do all kinds of step contests with us. I could beat you all Outstep in the step the ball step blast contest. girls. Yeah, we're going to have a good time with it. Um, but please share your sweaty selfies. We want to promote activity and health in the month, month of month of June. <laughs> we, we want everybody to be active with us and we're trying to get back into shape and get back into it for the summer season. So join us. Um, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. If you're so inclined, your five-star reviews helped us get onto the new and noteworthy section of iTunes, which is kind of awesome. Uh, that was Super awesome. Super. And we, we showed up on there multiple times, which I'm super pumped about. But please keep those reviews coming because that is the only thing that makes that possible. Yeah. And then anytime we brought it up to someone and then try to show them, we disappeared. We from disappear. It. <laughs> and then we show up as soon as we're not showing yeah. anybody. So that's okay. But give us a follow. I'm Kate at FF Ball Blast on Twitter. And I'm Michelle at Ball Blast M. Ball Blast E-M. E-M. I've missed that. Yeah. And I have a little bit of a cold, guys. So sorry that my voice is a little raspy. I gave her the cold. Yeah, you did. So my voice is also a little raspy, but that's okay. We're going to get through this. Oh, I am like ready to go. Yeah. I'm feeling good. Let's go. Heck yeah. We had enough caffeine today. We're powering through. Um, First up, we're going to get into some news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Michelle, we have to be so very careful about breaking news in the month of June. Oh, because everyone's amazing? Everybody's in their best shape of their entire lives. Everybody is trimming down while also bulking up. (laughs) Yep. I was just going to say that. Everyone like literally just took the off season and became their best self. And they've changed as a player completely. Which... I, I feel like I could use like an, a personal off season, like just to become my best self. Oh, me too. So Devonta Parker, right, is the next top twelve wide receiver for again? sure. Again, again for like again. What? Is this the twentieth year in a row? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into actual news that we believe somewhat. Cam Newton shoulder injury mm-hmm. off season repair has been cleared to throw a mini camp. Which is more than we could have said for Andrew Luck last season at this time. I take this as very good news. I think it's great news. And he's throwing the actual size ball. Yeah, instead and of a high school football. Andrew Luck, what, two years, like the second offseason, he still couldn't even throw a regular size ball. So I have not been worried about Cam Newton. I don't I know why. I was more worried about Cam Newton yeah. than you are much more worried. So this is actually pretty good news for me, and it'll probably bump him up in my rankings. I think Newton's a steal. And he has been a steal all offseason in Dynasty Startups. I got him in the 16th round, and I'm not kidding you, of a Dynasty Startup. It was... And you, a, you hate him, so that's why you went that far. I took him, like, 
Kate has a severe hatred for I Cam don't know Newton. Why? She just like his actual like person. Yeah, like, like it's I don't not like, about his play. I don't like him. Yeah, you don't like him. I don't really know why I like him. I have like a personal vendetta against <laughs> Cam Newton, and you I do. can't get over it. I love his value this year. Normally, he's too expensive for me to ever have him on my rosters. But if he stays at this price, he's going to be on every single one of my rosters. Now, I I probably disagree with you there. I do think that his ADP and redraft is going to climb. But, but in a dynasty startup, which is going on probably right now, you better eat up all the Cam Newton you can get. And that is something that I'd never thought I'd say as the resident Cam Newton grumpy pants hater. Yeah. Um, so that's good news. Um, Sony Michelle has been absent from the Patriots minicamp. He's not been spotted at a practice since May 20th, so you kind of have to wonder what's going on. He does have a history of knee injuries. It is a very weird thing. I feel like it's been quiet, too, which is even weirder. Like, Todd Gurley, you've heard about it like yeah. over and over. Sonny Michelle, I feel like it's just coming out now that he hasn't really been attending. And you don't know why. It could be for personal reasons. It doesn't seem like anybody's really truly aware, but he does... Given the history of the knee injuries, he does have that concern um, if there's something more going on there. Um, I'm staying far away from him. I mean, he already is not involved in the passing game, so he's already hard to own there. He's missing reps with Tom Brady where they could be developing him at, within the passing game. And then they've got that new rookie stealing reps. Yeah, Damian Harris. I like him. I like him too, and I think that this... Whatever the cause for his absence, I don't know that any of this can ever possibly be of benefit to him. So no. And if he actually ends up missing even more time, I've been really low on James White this offseason. He's obviously going to shoot up my rankings if Sony Michelle's going to miss any time at all. I do think he'll be back ready to go, but that just makes me wonder, do we have to be worried about this knee going forward and his health just in general? Yeah, and I think just if anything, it... Uh, providing Damian Harris those reps just makes the running back carousel more confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron Rodgers has said that Marquez Valdez-Scantling has had a fantastic spring. Woo-woo! You know I love this. <laughs> very, very much. See, um, what I do with the OTA news is the stuff I like, I take seriously, and the stuff I don't like, I just say, oh, it's, it's June. <laughs> it's June. <laughs> so this one Coach I love. Speak. Um, we've already had our debate about MVS or uh, Geronimo, and I say that MVS will be the wide receiver, too, in that offense. I really like him. He's super cheap. Um, I, I want him in Dynasty. I think he's a great talent. I think Aaron Rodgers has already shown he likes to target him. So uh, this news is only, it can only be a good thing, right? It can't be a bad thing. It can't be a bad thing. And honestly, it's just nice to hear Aaron Rodgers speaking positively of his wide receiver core. He Last did, year at this time, it was rough. It was not good. And, you know, he implored all of his guys to sort of step it up. And it was a little awkward for all of us to watch. He was just still so grumpy about Jordy Nelson leaving. He was very grumpy. And maybe he's gotten over that now, <laughs> hopefully. But I do think that MVS is the solidified wide receiver three. Not wide receiver two. three. Okay. All right. We'll see. We'll see. Um, We're actually going to be talking about our quarterbacks and tight ends. If you haven't seen, Michelle and I have both shared our uh, rankings over on Twitter. They are full PPR rankings. We'll be releasing the rest of our stuffs later, the rest of our formats. But we're going to talk about our quarterback and tight end surprises. Yeah. So we did this on our last two episodes of the podcast. We did the running backs and wide receivers. So if you haven't listened to those yet, go ahead and take a listen to those. And then today we'll be talking about people who surprised us once we projected out their stats for 2019, whether they be lower than we thought we would have had them or higher than we thought we would have had them. So um, we're each going to talk about those for quarterbacks and tight ends today. All right, I'm going to start off. We're going to start low and work our way up. Okay, we'll start. All right, so let's start Start negative. Let's start negative, and then we're going to work our way towards positively, uh, positivity. (laughs) I can't talk today. (laughs) See, one week off, and I just totally crumble. You lose it all. I lost everything. (laughs) What do I do? All right, no, I just, I power through. That is what I do. I power through. Michelle, 
Tell me, who are you low on in 2019? So I'm super low on Drew Brees. He's my quarterback 17. I had him as my 16 when I just posted on Twitter, and he's actually already dropped one. And people didn't like him at 16, so I'm guessing they're not going to like him at 17. Nope. And I get it. Drew Brees has been great, and he always consistently ends in the top 10. I have him very low. The issue for me is that he only threw the ball 489 times last year. He was just extremely, extremely efficient. He 74.4% completion percentage. That's insanely high. Um, And then my biggest thing was that he had a 6.5 touchdown percentage. And that's really high for Drew Brees. Uh, The year before that, he was at 4.3, 5.5. So when you only throw the ball 489 times and you throw for 32 touchdowns, that's extremely efficient, especially for someone that doesn't normally do that. And Yeah. So I I project that his touchdowns are going to go down if he still only throws for uh, under 500 attempts. And I don't see them having Drew Brees throw it that many more times than they did last year. They're finally starting to win now that they stopped putting the ball in Drew Brees' hands over and over and over again. They started to rely on the run game, and it's been great for them. And I think Latavius Murray is only going to help that. We've seen what he can do behind a proficient offensive line. He was outstanding in Oakland. Yeah. Behind a good offensive line, I think Latavius Murray just gives them another great reason to run the ball more. They were... Just like they're going to keep running the ball. That's their game plan. It's working for them. And the they're, offense looked different in the second half of last season. Yeah. Just watching it, the the stats didn't change too much. Some a, a fewer uh, fewer pass attempts in the second half of the season. Not by a ton, but it just it sort of looked like it started that shift. And that's one of my also big issues with Drew Brees is that it seems like once it gets cold out or even just any away games that are outside of a dome, he really struggles. He's just way too inconsistent that way. Last year was a terrible year for him on the road compared to being home. Like home, he was super, super efficient. On the, on the road, he was just bad. And that's not a quarterback I want to have on my roster that I just I know I can't play him away. And then... I don't know what you definitely can't play him when it's cold out. If he's in the cold, you know, it's going to be a terrible game for Drew Brees. So I'm fading him. He may not end that low, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did. He's, he's getting up there in age. I mean, he is, you gotta fall sometime. But I, I also think that like when you've established the run game, when you have a good offensive line, why are you going to put your aged quarterback under that kind of pressure. He's gone down every year. So in 2016, 673 attempts went down to 536 in 2017 and then 489 in 2018. That's big drops each year. That's a year. big drop for somebody who wasn't injured. And when they were having him throw the ball 600 plus times, they were 7 and 9, 7 and 8, 7 and 9. And then finally, once they started to run the ball and only gave him 500, 486 attempts, 11 and 5, 13 and 2. You don't look at that and say, ooh, we need to get Drew Brees more attempts. You look at that and say, what we're doing is working, and we're going to keep running the ball. So I'm just fading him. It does not mean I, don't, I think the Saints will be bad. I think they'll be great. It's just I love Alvin Kamara and not Drew Brees. I do, I do love the run game, and I think they did strike something very you know, efficient with them. You know, They run the ball. They grind out the clock. They've got... Um, a much improved defense. I actually have Drew Brees lower than you do. I have him at 19 and I don't like, I want to bump him up, but the names in front of him, I don't know how to bump him up. People would already be low on him after last year. He didn't have career years in completion percentage, um, touchdown percentage, interception rate was insanely low five. Like all of those things have to be Super, super efficient again next year for for him to be a top 10 quarterback. And I just, I don't think that's going to happen. And when you're aging, it doesn't make it any easier for you to be that efficient. Agree. Agree. Um, another guy that I might get shot for, <laughs> Lamar Jackson, my quarterback 20. I'm totally with you. I think he's lower for me. Uh, let me go in real quick. He is my quarterback 20. Oh, wow. oh hey. that's weird. Okay. All right, so we're completely on the same page there, quite literally. Um, Lamar Jackson, he has legs for days. He reminds me of that little SpongeBob picture where he shows like his little muscular leg and he's so cute. What's funny about that is that, that I always use that for Josh Allen. I don't know why it reminds me of Josh Allen more than Lamar Jackson, but 
That's funny. I mean, it should re- it should remind you of Lamar Jackson. He is he's Mr. Legs, but right now that's literally all we've seen from him. Um, I have serious concerns about his ability to pass the ball. And as recently as like a couple of weeks ago, he was actually quoted as saying that he's still throwing wobbly passes. He's got another year sort of under his belt. He's going through mandatory camp and it's still an issue. So I want you to develop more. So people love to compare Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, right? And say, well, why do you like Josh Allen if you don't like Lamar Jackson? Because both are highly... And, um, like, you know, not accurate. But the reason Josh Allen is not accurate is because he just throws deep a lot. And it's a lot harder to be accurate when you throw deep all the time. Like, that's a lot harder to connect with. Lamar Jackson can't throw a 10-yard pass. Like, that's the ones that he's inaccurate with. That's not the same thing with Josh Allen. Like, Josh Allen just likes to throw long. And that can hurt your accuracy. With Lamar Jackson, like, when I would watch him throw the ball, I would laugh because, A, we're Steelers fans, so it's yeah, just fun. Yeah, obviously. And it's just so bad. It's so bad. He cannot draw back and just throw a ball. No, and the issue with that is that nobody's nobody's going to expect a pass from you. They're going to cover the run, which is exactly what happened when they faced the Los Angeles Chargers. They first um, team that the first team that played them twice um, exposed them so massively. So I went through, (laughs) I looked at the Ravens drives from that game. um, The, the wild card game against Los Angeles Ravens drives, punt, fumble, punt, punt, interception, punt, punt, field goal, miss field goal, punt, touchdown, touchdown. Those, both of those touchdowns were in the last 10 minutes of the game. Um, yeah, when we're t- clearly yeah. Pre- playing prevent defense. Mm-hmm. Um, by halftime, Lamar Jackson literally had 42 yards from scrimmage, two fumbles, which were both recovered, but he fumbled the ball twice and an interception. Yeah, and I remember during that game, there was talk about Joe Flacco maybe coming in to, to, to cover for Lamar. Lamar. I was, like, come, yeah, come in for like him. People were rooting. rooting for that. <laughs> and I was not rooting for that because I was like... Joe Flacco could win this game, and I was clearly not rooting for the Ravens. So I wanted them to keep Lamar Jackson in, and he was he was rough in that game. And he that, was rough in that game, and you know what? He can't protect the ball. That's my issue with him. He can't pass the ball as accurately as you would want him for. The, you know, he de- not that he was working with this proficient wide receiver core, but that offense looked very different with Joe Flacco and Joe Flacco was able to get the ball to his wide receivers. Oh yeah. Each wide receiver went down significantly in yardage in receptions and targets once Lamar Jackson took over. So if they can do it with Joe Flacco, you should be able to do it with another quarterback. And it wasn't even close. It was like embarrassingly different. Um, And then another thing is that you have a team that just put the script out there for any defense to play against the Ravens offense now um, when it comes to stopping Lamar Jackson. It doesn't mean every team can do it. You need the right pieces, and the Chargers have a good, a good defense. Um, but they still gave them the game plan, and that's kind of scary. Oh, yeah. As soon as, as, soon as they covered the run, I, I want to say they um, put all their safeties and like sort of stuffed the box with safeties, which was super interesting. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, and yeah, it was I do. I think immediately effective. He couldn't, he couldn't work through sort of that decision tree when he wasn't able to use his legs. And it doesn't sound like he's made a ton of progress there. And just in general, he's got to protect the football. He started seven games in 2018 and he had 12 yeah. fumbles. Why, why does he have 12 fumbles? Like 12 fumbles in seven, in games. seven games. What That's- are you doing? Like, what are you doing in the ball? It, it just doesn't speak well. I, he lost a lot of points for me. Um, I did have him, um, you know, projected for more passing yards, more passing attempts. I did project some growth in there, although I know he's still struggling. But the issue is he can't hold on to the ball. It's either interceptions, it's fumbles. You need to learn to protect that ball if you're going to be a legitimate threat at the quarterback position. For sure. Um, I'm totally on board with you here. He will have to really prove himself next year for me to ever get on the Lamar Jackson hype train. For real. All right. right. Do we want to get positive now? I guess I could. For one second with the quarterbacks? Yeah, I guess we could share a smile. Okay. So the guy I'm high on is Kirk Cousins, quarterback nine. Woo! I like him. I I like him. him higher. So 
You have him higher. Where do you have him? I have him as quarterback seven. Ooh, I love it. <sighs> I, I do want to maybe try to get him higher, but that's just where he ended right now. We'll see if anything can be adjusted. But um, right now I feel good with him at the quarterback nine. Um, people had super high expectations for him going into 2018. He was changing teams. He was joining forces with Diggs and Thielen, and everyone was just so pumped. And then he didn't quite live up to the expectation. No. Um, the team didn't even make the playoffs. So there's a lot of, there's a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. And I think that's what's hurting him now in this off season. People just don't trust him, but like it takes time when you're changing teams, mm-hmm. you're changing systems. You're Not changing to mention teammates. he changed OCs in the middle of the season. Yes. And it takes time guys. Like I, I was giving him last year thinking like, okay, he's not going to just come in and be this amazing superhero that brings them to the brings them to the Super Bowl. It takes time for quarterbacks to learn a new system, to get familiar with their their wide receivers, their line, their running back. So I think in the second year, we're going to see a big improvement from him. And he had a pretty decent year. Like he had 4,300 yards, 30 touchdowns. He had a ton of attempts. Like the biggest issue I see, and I think this is what hurt him in fantasy, is that his yards per completion went way down from his career average. It was at 10.1 yards. He, he's previously usually, hovering sort of around 12 yards per completion. So, yeah, so you like lose 12 yards, yards per completion. Two yards per completion. That's a lot. That is a lot. And I think the big reason for that was his line. It was really bad. I mean, he was sacked 40 times, hurried a bunch. His line was really, really bad. And when you don't have time to throw, you don't have time for plays to develop, you're going to have those shorter yards per completions. If that went up to 12, you're seeing like 4,700 yards, 4,800 yards, 30 touchdowns. Like you're going to be really happy with that. That's a really good year. Um, and that's pretty much what the only thing I change for next year is those yards per completion to go up. I even actually have them having less attempts because they want to run the ball with Delvin Cook. But as long as those yards per completion goes back up to his career, career average, he's going to be a top 10 quarterback. Yep, I am in full agreement. He's got another year with proficient pass catchers like Adam Thielen, who they just gave so much money to. Uh, you've got Stefan Diggs, who's actually shown to be a bit healthier this past season. Hopefully he can continue that. You've got Irv Smith. You've got maybe Kyle Rudolph being extended <laughs> for a few more years. But you are not going to be investing this kind of money in your wide receiver core, in your um, and your pass catching weapons if you're not planning to throw the ball. Oh, I still think he easily sees 575 plus attempts. Last year he saw 606. I see it going down, but not by a ton. I think they're going I to have throw him projected the ball with him. for 595. So not decreasing, but not by not by a, a crazy amount. But I did actually I I split the average um, in his projections when it comes to yards per completion. I didn't bring him back up to his full 12. But I I put him at eleven, which I put him at eleven eight, eleven point eight, um, which is what he did in twenty seventeen. Um, I know with a different team, but I still think ten point one is really low. Even eleven is low. I'm gonna put him back up to that eleven point eight. And the reason I'm doing that is because they did make a pretty big change to their offensive line. They drafted Garrett Bradbury um, for the first round pick. For uh, he he'll be the center on their line, I'm guessing, um, or maybe a guard. But a center or one of those big men in the middle of the line can make a massive difference to the entire line. Like I remember, Marquise Pouncey was drafted in the first round by the Steelers, 2010. That line was terrible, terrible, and he just he changed it all on his own. He was dominant. And then last year, you saw the same thing with the Colts' offensive line. They drafted Quinn and Nelson to be their guard, and they went from one of the worst lines to one of the best. Just hardly sacked at. Yeah. So adding in that really dominant piece in the middle of the line, if Garrett Bradbury lives up to what he's supposed to be, I think will make a huge difference for that line. And they also made um, some acquisitions in the offseason. Nobody too big, but some changes there to help him out. I love it. I love Kirk Cousins. I love his weapons. And the funny thing for me is that everybody has Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen ranked super high. And nobody wants to put Kirk Cousins in their top 10. I know. I know. So I'm all aboard the Cork. Cork. See, I can't talk today. Um, the Kirk Cousins train. I think um, he's going to have a really big season. And I think another year in his system is only going to help him. Agree. That contract, I think, really 
put him behind the eight ball there when it comes to like expectations. I feel like if he wouldn't have had the contract that he had, I don't think we would have expected quite as much from him. But when you're given guaranteed money, people expect immediate production. So let's see if it happens. I'm all aboard. Me too. Choo-choo. My high on. Actually a guy that, Michelle, I'm going to credit you for. Because I never liked this guy before you sort of put the bug in my ear. Senor Dak Prescott. And it's not even like I'm this Dak Prescott truther. I'm You're not, but realistic. you exposed, yeah, you exposed my brain to Dak Prescott because I never really, I wasn't super excited when I watched him play. And I think some of that just uh, made me perhaps a little more biased. I never, um, you know, I when Zeke is sort of at the forefront of your offense, it's pretty easy to forget about your quarterback, Dak Prescott. Because he's not like this flashy passer. He's not like, he's not a fancy dude. Like, he's just a solid, like, so consistent. If he, I was looking up his stats, and the last three seasons, he had some of the most consistent stat lines of anybody I've ever seen. Um, he's a game manager. He's not thought of as a top-tier quarterback by any any sorts of the imagination. He was the quarterback 16 without Amari Cooper last season. Amari Cooper enters the game, and he is the quarterback six weeks 9 through 17. You get Michael Gallup, who's a talented guy, showed some flashes last year, although he did have some off-the-field stuff going on, and you have to um, sort of give him some credit for showing some some ability there when he's got all that going on. Give him another year to acclimate to his offense. Jason Witten comes back. Not that I think he's going to be a superstar by any means, but he's a safety blanket. Um, Zeke's been more involved in the passing game. Dak Prescott has never finished outside of the top 10. How? I know. I'm the one who told you that. I know. I'm amazed. And if people forget that just in 2016, he finishes a quarterback six. Like let's, not forget, like, he, that's when he had a good Des Bryant. Like, Des Bryant was still a thing in the league. He needs, every quarterback needs a wide receiver one. Like, yes, of course he sucked in the beginning of last year. Who was he throwing to? Cole Beasley? Like, come on. <laughs> that's not fair to any quarterback. And once he got Amari Cooper, like you said, he instantly got better. I really like Dak. Um, he's involved in the, you know, he uses his legs as well. He normally consistently actually gets six rushing touchdowns a year. It's Every very year. Weird. Every year he gets six <laughs> rushing touchdowns. Just book them in. I, I literally just copied and pasted the six rushing touchdowns I did too. in. It's I, been, why wouldn't you? I mean, if he's done it every year, like, why would you think any differently? Never fewer than 57 rushing attempts. That's outstanding for a quarterback. Yeah, that's great. And uh, like you brought up, Michael Gallup, how many plays when we were watching those games was Michael Gallup just wide open and Dak would just miss him? Like, they just need to work on that connection. It was just just too long, just too short. If they connect on those, oh my goodness. Like, A, Michael Gallup would be good, and maybe I need to think about him, you know, maybe I have to look into him deeper. But I like Dak Prescott. I mean, the thing with him is he's boring. Like, I don't he know is. why. He's not, like, he's not this he fun quarterback. Yeah, he's not the fun quarterback to watch, but yeah. he's one of the most consistent quarterbacks for fantasy He's consistent for real NFL football. I like Dak Prescott, and I didn't realize that I did. So thank you for opening my eyes. You're welcome. Um, Frederick Douglass, too. We forget that his center, his starting center, was actually out last year. Uh, last year. I think he had Guillain-Barre, you know, an inflammatory disorder, um, was completely unable to play. He might be coming back this season. I hope that he will. I think he had a shoulder surgery in the offseason, too, but... If he's able to return to the game, he gets his starting center back. They drafted a guard, I believe, in the third round. Um, Getting your starting center back is bigger than anyone realizes. Like, losing your starting center that's good, that's a really big deal. It is. I'm I'm all about Dak. I'm all about the rushing floor. We always want to talk about rushing quarterbacks. Everybody loves Lamar Jackson, but Dak Prescott runs the football, and he doesn't turn it over quite as much. So I'll take that. Over, oh, for sure. Over Lamar Jackson any day um, and, and all that hype. Um, we're going to get into some tight ends, but before we do, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. Let's get into some tight ends. The highs, the lows, the bold, the beautiful, the ugly. I have a feeling people don't love my first one that I'm mm. low on. 
But I mean, I feel like I make people mad all the time. So I'm going to be honest, though. You're low on this guy, like isn't as low as like low low is low. Exactly. So uh, Zacharitz is my low. He's still my tight end five. (laughs) He's still my tight end five. 2018 was an outlier season for him in targets and yards by a lot. Like a lot, lot. a lot. So he was sitting right around that 110 target mark from 2015 through 2017. All of those seasons, it was like weird, like right at 110. And then he jumped all the way up to 156 in 2018. That is 46 more targets than his average. And it's not like he just, you know, he finally broke out. He's been broken out as a tight end. He's been a great asset to the Eagles. One of the best tight ends. Yes. It's just, I, I don't know what happened last year. He was just used. Over and over and over again. There wasn't a lot of great options. Um, Alshon Jeffrey was injured. Yeah, Alshon Jeffrey missed games in the beginning of the year. He was injured. And then even coming back from that, I think it was the shoulder injury that made him miss those games in the beginning of the year. Then he was dealing with a rib injury that he got during season. Like, that's not easy to play through. I can see that, him, that making him a little bit worse throughout the year, not being able to get his open. Um, and then you add in this year, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Deshaun Jackson, um, Dallas Goddard in his now, what will it be, third season, or will it be a second? I believe second season, second season. but they've already said that they would like to get him more involved he's into the game. He's a good player. He is a good, he's a good player, and I think that, again, another another year in the offense for him can only do good things. I think Deshaun Jackson is going to be huge. Me too. Um, we've already heard good things about Deshaun Jackson and his rapport with Carson Wentz. Um, I I think that there's just there's more options right now. And then there's also going to be a stable running game. Like I believe in Miles Sanders. So last year there wasn't that stable running game. They, not Jordan Howard. Not Jordan Howard. And but that that also point of it though, like that will make them more stable. They can run the ball more often. They can be more efficient that way. And then I think they'll use Miles Sanders in the passing game, and that can take some of those tight end targets away. That are those short ones over the middle. Instead of throwing to Ertz, they may throw the Miles Sanders or something like that. I just think his targets go back down to his career average, so he'll still be a great tight end. Um, I just like some guys in front of him. I think Evan Ingram, OJ Howard, Kittle. Those can all, you know, they can all see more more targets next year, you know, just... I think they'll all have a, a higher target share on their respective teams. Yeah, and uh, also he can... Uh, Zach Ertz consistently gets around eight touchdowns. I could see that going down. I'm still right now projecting him to be a, a right around there, but if they're going to use Goddard more, he could definitely steal some touchdowns away from Zach Ertz next year. I really like that, and I... Again, I don't think you have him too low. I think five is sort of perfect given the other offensive weapons, and... He's got to come back down to earth. Yeah, he does. I mean, he consistently was around 800, 900 yards, and then he jumped up to 1,100. Like, I don't know. I'm all about regressing towards the mean. I think that players, um, you know, obviously show progression throughout their career, but I, I don't see with the addition of weapons and with the promise to get Dallas Goddard involved that he's not going to lose some of that production. Agreed. Milo on. I'm nervous for this one. Why? Everybody's super high on him. Who's high on Greg Olson? You gave, I it, just away. gave it away. Who is high <laughs> on Greg Olson? That was a tease, Michelle. I was teasing. I was teasing the 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 pick. Okay. God. So we, we write down in here who we're, we're going to talk about. And yeah. And I see she, Greg Olson low on. I'm like, okay, but who's high on him? He's my tw- tight end 21. And I feel like that's way too low. Be. I feel like it's way too low, and I don't know how to get his his volume up higher. He's like my I, tight end 23, and there was no oh, surprise. okay. I feel better. I didn't know that. Um, I feel good about that. So he's two seasons removed from playing a full 16 games. In 2018, um, he played nine games. In 2017, he played seven. He's another year older. He is now 34, has had two right front fact. Right foot fractures. Can you say that five times fast? I cannot. Do I it. I will not try. No. Right foot I fractures. Right foot <laughs> fractures. I already right foot can't fractures, right speak fractures. on the norm, so can you not make me do these hard these hard uh, sentences? I feel like that could be one of our next challenges. White, uh, white foot fractures. White foot fractures. <laughs> uh, <laughs> torn plantar fascia, um, which should be healed. It's, it's just sort of like the, the bottom of your foot. Um, probably using that muscle a little bit wrong coming back from the broken foot. Um, 
probably ran on it a little a little poorly. Should be healed um, with plenty of rust in the off season, but it's just sort of like the same concern that I have for Sammy at this point. Why am I going to believe that all of a sudden your right foot is fine? I've had two surgical repairs. I feel like I keep repeating this in the off season, but I will say it again. The Carolina Panthers have two options. Either they significantly decrease Greg Olson's offensive snaps, which will hurt him, obviously, in fantasy, or he gets hurt. <laughs> so they get to choose between him getting hurt or decreasing his snaps because that usage is just not going to work for him at his age, how the state of his feet right now. I also don't like that it's the same foot. Right foot, right foot, right foot. What's wrong with your right foot, dude? <laughs> I, yeah, and I think they have someone younger there ready to take over the race. Yeah, they do. I love Ian Thomas. I love Ian Thomas. And I think he's good. Oh, he's so he's good. Ath- he's athletic. People Why? forget. So everybody's like hung up on Ian Thomas and his lack of production in the beginning of 2018. From the time that Greg Olson was out until the end of the season, Ian Thomas was the tight end six. I did not know that. He's amazing. He's good. He's talented. Yeah, he's a rookie tight end. He's it, like when you put him into that Greg Olson role pretty much right out of the gate, he's probably not going to be productive. But you gave him like some of the season to develop and he already showed incredible strides. He was a pretty reliable pass catching option for Cam Newton. Yeah. And the thing is, even when Greg Olson was playing, like, was he really doing much? Like he really he, he was good for like 40 yards. And I, I think that what helps him is um, his relationship with Cam Newton in the red zone. He, he's good for like five touchdowns. Yeah. And that provides him a pretty safe floor. But what happens when you add DJ Moore, who's developing a little bit more, you see the Curtis Samuel breakout potential there. He already showed another uh, ability last season. He was more dynamic. He was... Um, good for a couple of rushing attempts. He, he was good for touchdowns. You have Christian McCaffrey, who's bulked up to hell. He's, he's literally the Hulk. And if that's not only good for his rushing ability, he's going to be... Um, he's dominant in the passing game. He's so dominant in the passing yeah. game. And I, I'm not picking Greg Olson anywhere. The only way I would select him is if, you know, in a dynasty startup, if you took Ian Thomas earlier and you want to grab Greg Olson with maybe one of your last picks because he goes so late in startups anyways, then fine. He can be a, a good, you know, safety net until Ian Thomas breaks out. Yeah, I love, love Ian Thomas. I think that this just gives him all the more reason to break out. And if anything, like, I don't think you're able to sit Ian Thomas flat on the bench after the way that he produced at the end of 2018. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, so getting into positivity now? Ah, positivity. Oh, it's so unlike us. We're I know, so we're negative. so grumpy. All right, so someone I'm high on, um, and this just started recently. This was a surprise last, for me. Yeah, just in the last few weeks, I just, you know, I realized I've been, I've been love. blind. Delaney Walker, he's my tight end nine, and there's no reason for him not to be. Yeah, 2015, tight end two. 2016, tight end five. 2017, tight end four. 2018, he starts the year. He in the, plays one game. In that one game, he saw seven targets for 52 yards. And then he gets a terrible injury. And he's out for the season. And that, it, he does have the benefit that that injury did occur in the first, in the first game. That's yeah. huge. You had the whole season to recover. Now the whole off season, it's completely different than getting injured at the end of the year. I think you'll be okay. I think the latest news was 85%, you know, healthy. That should just keep going up. He still has what? Three full months to recover. Um, so I think his injury will be okay. He is pretty much a lock for 800 yards. If he stays healthy for a full 16 games. That's been his average forever, uh, forever, ever. He's just going to, like, that's going to be on his tombstone, like, his stat line yeah. from every single season, which is all the same. And how old is he? I think he's, like, 34. Is he 34? I think he is 34. Um, and, and people say, oh, he's old and used up. I mean, guys, I mean, he was pretty old last year, and in the first game he was already targeted seven times, which is crazy because he has an average. He has a career average, right, of... 800 yards, right around 110 targets. Like, that's literally always what he gets. 
seven targets for 52 yards in that first game. If you project that out for 16 games, which I know is just stupid to do, but that's 111 targets, 830 yards. Like, literally his career average. It was... I, I yeah, his usage didn't change. And the, I found that hilarious. The difference, too, between, like, I just was low on Greg Olson due to his injury last season, to his age. The difference between Greg Olson and Delaney Walker for me is the fact that they haven't really had a replacement for Delaney Walker. Like they found a solid pass catching option and Ian Thomas for the tight end position in Carolina and Johnny Smith. He, he just, he didn't show up at he all. Didn't last year. Show he didn't show up and he was injured. You know, he, um, he got the, I think he had a torn MCL if I'm not mistaken, but um, Johnny Smith, he didn't, he didn't show any sort of production. They didn't find anybody to sort of slate right into that role. Um, if he was going to show us something, I feel like it would have been last year when Delaney Walker was out. So I, I, I don't feel that good about Janu Smith ever being something. But also, just to get back on Delaney Walker and what he will be in 2019, like the reason I have him only as a tight end nine and not higher, if I'm saying he is, like I, I feel very comfortable saying he'll have 800 yards if he plays a full 16 years. It's those touchdowns. He's never been a huge touchdown monster, especially with Mariota. It's the issue is Mariota doesn't throw a lot of touchdowns. Yeah. Like he just doesn't. That's a problem. So you're, you're, he's not going to have an eight-touchdown season. Like five is very realistic, six max. So that keeps him a little bit lower instead of being – I mean, if you get 800 yards, you're going to be top five. I mean, if those touchdowns go up, he's top five tight end easily. Yeah, so absolutely. So I feel good about him as a tight end nine super, super late pick. If you want to completely punt on the position, no one's taking Delaney Walker. Like you can get him in one of the last couple rounds. And I think he'll be a very viable option. Absolutely. Easy, easy starter. Even if you're using him in like a bi-week situation, he's a pretty solid bi-week fill-in. And if you're in tight end premium where you get, you know, an extra points, which I still don't get tight end premium, by the way. Can somebody help me out there? I just... Well, you get the concept of it, but you don't, you don't get, like yes, it. Yes, I'm not stupid. Yeah. I just... Uh, you, know, you just don't like it. But I'm saying Delaney Walker is really sneaky in that category, right? Mm-hmm. Because in that category, receptions matter a lot. Like, matter almost more than touchdowns at a certain point. And if we think he's going to get all these receptions, but he's lower because of touchdowns, he could be really sneaky in that tight end premium. Absolutely. I like it a lot. The next one we disagree on. Yes. I'm sorry. Highly. And I feel really gross about this. I did the stats. Okay. I projected. He's the Devonte Parker of Titans. <laughs> Stop. No, he's not. <laughs> um, I statted this guy out. This is my teaser. Don't ruin it for me this time. I statted this guy out. I thought I was being conservative. And he ended up being my tight end nine. Tight end nine. That's <sighs> a tight end one. I'm barfing over here, guys. Mr. Jordan Reed. Welcome back, baby. I have him at tight end 18, and I was like, ooh, Michelle, you have him too high. (laughs) (laughs) So last season, he finished as the tight end 15. He finished ahead of where you're projecting him now. And he didn't have a great season. But the thing is, the tight ends in 2018, I feel like don't count because it was the grossest position of life in 2018. I I think we had a really strong 2019 draft class for tight ends, but I don't know that we're going to see all of that production suddenly seep into the the cross folds this year. So I think we've got like one more year of sh- shooty tight ends. Shooty? Shooty tight ends. Shooty? <laughs> shooty tight ends. So uh, Jordan Reed, he finishes the tight end 15 last season. Um, he was the tight end 12 playing with Alex Smith, which for those of you math geniuses out there is a tight end one. Um, Redskins have pretty much done absolutely nothing to address their wide wide receiver position. I don't see... Anybody having an immediate impact, I know they drafted Terry McLaurin, which um, might be beneficial for them, but their depth chart right now looks like Josh Doxson. Josh Doxson. He's he's the next hype train. (laughs) Um, Paul Richardson, Trey Quinn, and Terry McLaurin. That's their wide receiver depth chart. Guys, can I just get in here for one second? Don't draft Josh Doxon. Don't. In redraft, don't do especially. It again. Just stop. And if redraft, if you're even considering, just don't. I mean, he's going to be playing with a rookie quarterback, most likely. And that's normally never a good thing. I mean, Haskins, I think, will take some time to develop in this league. Case Keenum, I mean, I mean, I don't know. This is the Washington Redskins in general aren't exciting. I think they'll try to be a running team. Um, playing good defense. They had a pretty solid defense last year for, I mean, most of the games. And... I don't know. Like, 
Just don't draft him, please. Don't draft him. Okay. But back to back to Jordan Reed. Back to Jordan Reed. So um, Jordan Reed, when he's been healthy, has been virtually unstoppable. And Mm -hmm. he had sort of a an off season last year, but again, he I think he had a toe sprain, which he's still um, rehabbing from. And um, but Jordan Reed actually seems uh, shocker, pretty positive about his his sort of start of the season outlook. He's um, been allowed to sit out through OTAs and minicamp. Um, just to give him a little bit more time to fully recover. He's at the program. Um, but Jordan Reed was actually the leading receiver for the Redskins last season. He led them <laughs> with a stat line of 84 targets for 54 receptions, 550 yards, and he was tied for the lead in receiving touchdowns with guess how many? Um, I'm looking at a stat, so it's cheating, but it was two. Two. Wait, that's not the leading receiving. Yes, it is. Oh my God! Are you kidding? I'm not kidding. So then, uh, who scored touchdowns for them last year? Oh, nobody. Nobody, <laughs> nobody scored touchdowns for them. It, that, but that's my point. That, is that can't be true. You've got a guy. You've got a guy, right? Who um, he's been in their offensive system. He knows. He knows what he's doing. He is a very talented or talented tight end. The issue is has been his health. If he goes into this season healthy. Um, but why, why would he, so you're so down. Okay. I'm going to crap on this a little bit and I love you so much, but we're going to talk seriously right now. You hate on Sammy Watkins cause he st- can't stay healthy. Jordan Reed now has played six seasons in his career. How many has he played a full season? Do you know? No. Zero. And it's not even just a couple games every year. It's he played in nine games, 11 games, 14 games, 12 games, 6 games, 13 games. He's always missed a handful of games. 2015 was his best at 14 games. And even then, even then, that insane year that everyone loves, it was 952 yards. Like, yeah, really good for a tight end. And but 11 touchdowns. Is it, yeah, that's what it is. The 11 touchdowns is in everyone's brain. 11 touchdowns. That's like someone being on Eric Ebron in five years from now when he hasn't done anything else. See, Just yeah. because it's 13 touchdowns in one year. After that, six touchdowns, two touchdowns, two touchdowns. The year before is 11 touchdowns, three touchdowns, zero touchdowns. 11 touchdowns is outlier. My my biggest argument, though, so we saw in, in 2018, we saw a decrease in his overall catch percentage. So he's pretty solidly average right around 76, 75% uh, catch rate, like career across the board. He dropped a 64.3%. I'm going to guess that had a little something to do with quarterback play. Oh, for sure. Um, he's going to at least, uh, Case Keenum has shown to be a decent passer. He wasn't in Denver. He had a great year in Minnesota. Do you think Minnesota. it's Case Keenum? Um, I really I, don't know. I, I project I, that. I project that Case Keenum might start out the year and that they'll transition over to Dwayne Haskins. But um, I, I definitely see Case Keenum starting. It sounded like um, Haskins has had a little bit of uh, a few struggles in the mini camp um, in OTAs. So I think Case Keenum will be the guy. And I think that Jordan Reed, he's a big dude. He's a monster target. And we've talked before about how sometimes – whether it's Case Keenum, who's not the best passer, but he's a decent game manager, or um, whether it is maybe a rookie who needs to find that big-bodied receiver in the field, I, I think either way it's sort of a win-win because you've got a big target who can benefit from a guy who's maybe not quite as accurate as you want him to be. Um, I, I think Jordan Reed has all of the opportunity there he had uh, he was active 13 games last season, which is actually one of his better seasons. Um, if he can come into this season healthy, uh, hopefully the toe issues have resolved, Mr. Toes. I really like Jordan Reed, and Oof. I think that... Um, I'm just going to have to let you pick him, you know? <laughs> I'll let you draft him everything. I'm staying away, but I mean, the tight end nine can just be, if it's anything like last year. I mean, it can be anybody. Could, and yeah. the thing is that nobody's drafting Jordan Reed either. But wouldn't you rather take Delaney Walker in the last round that's actually done something in the last five years instead of Jordan Reed? That's, I, I think that's totally fine. I'm always about getting guys that have value, and I think Jordan Reed is a value because he's, he's literally... I can't picture him being drafted right now. No, me neither. And, you know, I'm always, if you want to punt the tight end position in a non 
premium tight end league. I'm totally down for that, like always. So I guess I don't hate it if you really believe in Jordan Reed, take the risk on him, and then you could just stream the position when he sucks and when he's hurt. Stop. Which will happen. (laughs) Hey, I want the leading receiver for any team. And we know that's going to be Jordan Reed. Do you want the leading receiver for the Washington Redskins? Nope. <laughs> you don't. False. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. There's I a, don't. There's a lot of teams. That, do you want the leading receiver for the Ra- Ravens? Because I'm guessing not. No. No. But tight ends I would take. But hey, that's, that's my pitch. I will, in leagues that I'm punting the position, Jordan Reed is going to be my guy. And I'm probably going to be able to get him in the second to last round. Because okay. everybody's everybody's got that similar look on their face that you have right now. You should see the look on Michelle's face. I, I'm disappointed. It's complete in you. disgust. I, I, I'm not disappointed <laughs> in you a lot, but this this one was. Ugh, I don't like it. I don't That's like right. it. Um, what we can do to settle this is obviously arm wrestle at a later date. Uh oh. For our for Jordan Reed, tight end nine. Yeah. Yeah. People want a video of us arm wrestling because Kate randomly did a poll without me knowing yesterday, and I was getting killed in that poll. People do why not did, think. Why does nobody think you? can beat me i don't know because you can't uh i don't know how strongly i feel either way (laughs) but here's the deal guys so if we get 20 people to give us a five-star review on itunes and they take a screenshot of it and send Send it it to us on twitter dm whatever you got yeah uh if we get that we will post a video of us doing an arm wrestling challenge um, I, we will post a video of me winning an arm wrestling challenge. <laughs> well, hopefully be, but I really don't know how good I feel about this. You, you have been a working out monster lately. I have. I've been getting those sweaty selfies in and you, I've been dragging your ass out of bed. Yes, over. you have. And yeah, I feel like you're a little bit stronger than me, but we'll see. <laughs> I think I can put up some good competition. I could be the dark horse. Oh, well, well, we'll make it juicy for the, but for the watchers. We, we need there. to make it. We need something for us to put ourselves through that embarrassment or what? One of us through, one of us through. We're the gonna need some loses. some sort of reimbursement to yeah. put Michelle through that kind of embarrassment. So give us those five star reviews. Send us that screenshot, and we will give you that video. Yes, we will. All right, guys. Well, we're gonna head out today. I think. I think that was. Uh... That's about it. I do want to say a quick thank you to the Fantrax team. Are you looking for a deeper fantasy experience that CBS, ESPN, and Yahoo can't afford to provide? Fantrax.com offers a variety of unique features that the big conglomerates don't. League customizations include fully customizable salary and contract options, cap hit penalties, custom point ranges for all sports, 200 teams per league, holy Moses, and you can even start your draft 365 days a year. So say it with me. If you are not playing your leagues over at Fantrax.com, you are doing it wrong. I appreciate all of you guys giving us the week off. We are going to be posting a special midweek edition episode for the Ball Blast listeners. Um, Send us in your questions. We've already gotten a lot of really good um, questions to answer. So this podcast is all about you guys. It's a thank you for uh, all of the uh, support you guys have given us. You guys have been so unbelievably kind to us through what is a really challenging time. So thank you so much for all that support. You guys are awesome. Give us a follow. Don't forget to give us those five-star reviews. And in exchange, we will provide you a video of Michelle losing an arm wrestling contest. So you're so rude. (laughs) (laughs) You're allowed. You're allowed. It's okay. Yeah. My mom just died. Oh goodness. Are are we going to start using this? It just got really awkward up in here. It did get awkward. It's okay. Um, my mom's cheering me on right now, so I, I think she knows I'm going to kick your ass. Anyway, let's uh, let's wrap it up for this week. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you next week. Bye, guys. <laughs>